I would that you would join me today in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, beginning at the 33rd verse is where we want to find the word of the Lord today. Uh, absolutely, as my pastor would say, I don't believe in prefabricated words, but I do believe a preacher ought to be prepared. Y'all not talking bad to me that you have to prepare because you have to be able to hear what it is the Lord wants to say in this day and in this time. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, beginning at the 33rd verse, and we're going to read just seven verses today. If you have it, would you say amen? Amen. amen. It reads like this. It says, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went after him, and smote him, and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37 says, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will, somebody say he will, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Verse 38 says, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put an helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off of him. The last verse in the 40th verse says, And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. I would that we would pull our subject today from that 37th verse, if we could just look back there ever so swiftly. The 37th verse reads like this. It says, David said, moreover, the Lord, somebody say the Lord, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. I would that you would look at your neighbor this morning, just repeat our subject and say, nay, I'm armed and anointed now you got to say it like you're really trying to provoke somebody with your identity say neighbor nice to meet you my name is armed and anointed put your hands together give God a shout of praise today that's what we want to be reminded of that my name my very identity is armed and anointed my brothers and sisters we have all had some kind of routine when it comes to leaving the house in the morning. Some people like to get up and shower, and other people like to get up and not take a shower. Some folk like to get up and iron their clothes. Some people like to get up and make their beds. Some people like to get up and make a bowl of cereal. Some people like to get up and make bacon, egg, and cheese with salt, pepper, and ketchup like I do. Y'all not talking back to me here in New York. The point of the matter is, is that everybody in their own idiosyncratic way has a way of preparing to leave the house every single day. And I want to argue this morning that in all the preparation that you do before leaving in the house, one of the most pivotal moments is grabbing your ID before you leave. Beloved, because grabbing your ID before you leave out of the door to go to work or to school, to drive or to fly, is very pivotal because 
you leave the very familiar, the familiarity rather of your house to enter the vastness of the world. And when you do so, you have to be able to prove who it is that you are. I feel like preaching just a little bit. I said you have to be able to disclose your identity to those that need to know it. And the reason that you have to be able to disclose your identity is because disclosing your identity gives you rightful privilege, access, and authorities that you normally would not have without it. Can I say it like this this morning? If you don't have possession of your identity or if you don't really know who it is that you are there are some things and some people and some places that you will miss out on simply because you do not have a good sense of identity the issue that we're facing in this daytime and space is that we have a generation that is operating without their God-given ID cards. We're living in a pool of generational identity crisis. This generation is struggling day by day with the questions, who am I and, and what am I supposed to be doing? And if I don't know what it is I'm supposed to be doing, do I even... Should I even exist? We have a generation who the enemy is trying to alter, twist, and downplay the identity of we're living amongst a generation who the enemy is trying from the north, south, east, and west to confuse, distort, and destroy. And the only reason why the enemy is taking such time and particular energy with this generation, somebody say this generation, is because he understands that there is an identity that would shake and destroy the very kingdom of darkness. Y'all not talking back to me. I, I learned a very long time ago that you do not attack what does not pose a threat to you the only reason why you exert your energy is because you understand that this thing has the ability and the capability of taking me out the enemy understands that you're not a mistake the enemy understands that you do have what it takes the enemy understands that you are effective the enemy understands that your voice does matter the enemy understands that you doesn't matter that you haven't lived long enough it just matters that God has a plan and a very purpose for your life and because he knows that because he's very keen to this very knowledge it is the fact in the matter that he's trying to take you out but I come this morning to tell you that the devil is a liar <laughs> I come this morning because I have the assignment to remind this generation that you do have a given a God-given ID card I have the assignment this morning to remind you just like Eleanor Roosevelt said that nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent do you know what it means not to be inferior I'm glad that you asked let me give you a few moments to understand what that means it means that you are not less than it means that you are not weak it means that you're not an easy kill it means Hazi that you really do belong here. I love it how the songwriter said it. He said that I am working in my authority. I am living life the way it's supposed to be. I should be moving towards who it is that I am. And while I'm here, I'm not going to be pushed around. While I'm here, I'm not going to be shoved. But I will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth its fruit in this season. Is there anybody in here this morning that declares that I am in the army of the Lord? I am not going to be killed off. I am not going to be falling over to the tactics and the plans and the strategies of the enemy. But I'm here to stay. I'm here to make a mark. I'm here because I have purpose. I'm here because I understand my identity. Look at somebody in here and say, neighbor, I'm armed and anointed. I'm armed and anointed. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, the enemy he's got the wrong one he's got the wrong one he's got the wrong person I'm not the one to mess with I'm not I'm not the person to mess with I'm not I'm not the one to mess with I have an identity that God has given me I've enlisted in the army of the Lord 
My ID card is proof of it. My ID card tells me that, that I'm the head and not the tail. My, my, my ID card tells me that I'm above and not beneath. My ID card tells me I'm the lender and not the borrower. Last week, Elder Dyer told us that we are more than conquerors. I wonder, what did you know understand why it is that you're more of a conqueror? It's not because of anything that I'm able to do on my own, but it's because of the God that lives down inside of me. Is there anybody in here today that says, I understand that I have God living down on the inside of me, that it's something on the inside that works on the outside in my life. There's no reason that the enemy can come upon me and take my life unless I give over to him. Somebody say, I'm anointed, I'm anointed, I'm, I'm anointed, I'm anointed. So this morning our theme is armed and anointed. And what does it really mean, big brother preacher, to be armed and anointed? I'm so glad. Y'all such a good class. I love this class. Y'all so good. What does it mean to be armed and anointed, big brother preacher? I'm going to break it down for you. To declare that you're armed is to say that you are equipped for attack should it arise. And not only are you equipped with just the artillery, but you're equipped with the experience. And I'm here to declare to you that the very reason why you're still here in this room this morning, breathing air, is because you have the experience of overcoming the enemy once more and again. The fear of yesterday, you made it over. The anxiety of yesterday, you made it over. The stress of yesterday, you made it over. Your experience is the testimony of the faithfulness of your God. Can I say that one more time? I said your experience is the testimony of the faithfulness of your God anybody that's ever walked with God for even two minutes you understand that your testimony is what it is that drives you to believe him again and again and again and again I love how the old church used to say it. it said if he did it before he can surely all right I thought I had a church in here I'm trying to get to my body but the song that they used to sing was great is thy faithfulness oh God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee for all that I have needed. You know what all that you've needed is found in Christ today. All of the peace that I've needed, all of the strength that I've needed, all of the provision that I've needed, all of the strategies that I've needed, all of the support that I've needed. It doesn't matter who was there or is there or will not be there. I understand that when I look at God, great is his faithfulness. Every time that I turn around, he keeps showing himself. Every time I keep putting my faith in him, he keeps showing himself is there anybody in here today that says that I have put my face in the Lord I put my faith in the Lord I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and blessed is that man that trusteth in him look at somebody here and say neighbor I have experience I have experience I I know that he's with me I love it how Paul said it he said he said I I know the God that I believed in and I am persuaded that he's able to keep Lord I feel like I have a church in here I said I am persuaded that he's able to keep everything that I commit to him against that day is there anybody in here that has a God confidence this morning is there anybody in here that has a God confidence that says it doesn't matter what it looks like I'm still a child of God it doesn't matter what my situations look like I'm still a child of God it doesn't matter how I feel at particular times in my life I'm still his child and I walk carry his ID card. I walk carrying the identity of a believer. I walk carrying the strength of a believer. Look at somebody here and say, neighbor, I've got experience. I'm sorry. I'm pushing you. I'm not trying to do it. I'm, I'm trying to be homiletically right past the whistle. I'm trying, but uh, what does it mean to be anointed? To be anointed simply means that you've been chosen specifically by God. 
It means you've been handpicked and positioned for a specific task or mission. It means that what you're facing and what you're up against is not a mistake because nothing happens without God's foresight. But the truth of the matter is the Bible declares that there have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But once again, we go back to remembering, but God is faithful who will with every single trial, every single enemy attack, will with every single trial that you face make a way of escape somebody say he'll help me he'll help me and so and so when we declare that we are armed and anointed we're saying that we are called and equipped for every attack that the enemy tries to hurl at us and that's really what he wants to attack saints is that he wants to attack the confidence of your calling and your experience and this morning I'm hurrying to my text so I can get out of here and close because I really feel like preaching uh, this morning we see this very situation in the text today we find ourselves in the history of Israel examining the boldness and the sureness of a young man by the name of David David who is at this point in the text is somebody who is not estranged to being overlooked are undervalued. You will remember how the elders of Israel gathered uh, back there in the 8th chapter of 1 Samuel and they decided that they didn't want to be ruled by the uh, by, by, by God anymore. The sons of Samuel were taking unjust bribes and issuing unjust judgments against the people of Israel. And don't you understand that when you misrepresent God the wrong way as a leader that people will turn away from him. They'll say I don't want nothing to do with that. And that that's, that's the problem in this generation is that this generation has such a keen eye where able to see much we may not say much but we see a lot and so when we don't see what's supposed to be happening we're, being, mm, yeah, nah, we're guessing and you're questioning don't you understand that it's we have to have leaders that have integrity I thank God we have leaders that have integrity I thank God that we have leaders that are there and they stand on the wall and they represent God in the right way and so it was in the history of Israel it was that they saw that the sons of Samuel were taking these unjust bribes and they were saying yeah no listen we we don't really want to follow God no more give us a king like every other nation give us what everybody else got and even though God tried to warn Israel tell them that no, you don't really understand what you're asking for you're really asking for a period of bondage you're really asking to lose all your privilege you're really asking to move from a place that I didn't call you to be but either way they said yeah well whatever it is just give us the king and so ultimately Saul becomes the first king over Israel and because he rules in a way that isn't pleasing to God ultimately he becomes rejected of God and God seeks a king who will be a man after his own heart and so in chapter 16 the prophet Samuel is sent by God down to Bethlehem to a man named Jesse's house somebody say Jesse's house he was sent down to Jesse's house because there was an anointing that's getting ready to take place look at somebody here today and say neighbor I just believe that there's an anointing that's getting ready to take place but I feel like telling the story and here all all of the sons of Jesse are called in to parade past this prophet to see who would be the next king of Israel the one who looked the part was the oldest brother his name was Eliab uh, yeah and, and, and I'm sorry it was Abinadab Abinadab was there and he walked past the prophet and he looked like a strapping young man he had the muscles he had the six-pack that I don't have because sometimes I go to Wendy's at night y'all don't talk about it uh, but, 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 but he looked like somebody who would fit the character in the position of a king but when it was that the horn of oil was held over Benadab's head the seal didn't burst Lord have mercy and then came Shama Shama came after that I'm sorry it was Eliab and then Shama and then it was uh uh, uh what you call it? am I saying it right here praise God it was Eliab uh-huh then Abinadab then Shama y'all go ahead I'm a praying preacher Eliab 
Abinadab, Shammah. I know it sounds like tongues to you, but those are the three sons that passed by the prophet. And every single time that those sons passed by, the horn of anointing was held over the sons and the seal did not burst. Can I pause parenthetically to tell somebody that it does not matter who walks in front of the anointing. The anointing that's assigned for you is specifically for you. You don't have to worry about anybody taking your place. You don't have to worry about anybody else rising up. Who God has his eyes on is you. You are the called. You are the chosen. You are the destined. You are the purpose. You are the one that God has his heart on. You are the one that God has chosen and nobody can take your place. There's not a wait list to be called. There isn't a process to be called. You can't earn degrees to be called. You can't be associated with the right people to be called. All it is is God's perfect favor on your life. I, I, I understand that I was called from a young age. I understand that while I was working at Kmart, I was still called. I understand that when friends walked away from me, I was called. I understand when I didn't have money, God still called me. And I understand that there's a generation here that may feel as though you're being overlooked, that may feel as though nobody really takes notice of your gifts. But I want you to understand this morning, I came to be a mouthpiece of God. And I want you to know that he sees you and he did choose you and he did sanctify you for his purpose somebody praise him because you're called because you're anointed look at somebody and say neighbor I'm called and you can't do anything about it sit down I gotta preach that's not the clothes y'all rushing me I'm sorry Justin don't do it I'm trying to preach I didn't ask for this calling I didn't raise my hand for this calling. For no man can take this honor onto himself, but he that is called of God. Uh. So Samuel, after the, the first set of brothers walked by, there were seven of them that passed him first. He says, surely there must be another one because if God says the anointing is in your house, it has to be here. Jesse says, well, you know, yeah, well, there's that boy who's out there with the sheep over there. And uh, I mean, I don't, he ain't really the person that you think that he is. I'll bring him in. Je the prophet said, we're not even going to sit down till he gets here because God made a promise. And I want you to understand this morning that God made a promise. And they can't move on without you. They can't function without you. You are the called and the chosen. I've got to get to the 17th chapter. I'm really trying here. Uh, uh, but when it was that David came from taking care of the sheep, the horn of anointing was held over his head. And all of a sudden, the horn erupted and the oil started flowing down onto him and then smearing all over the floor because he was the one that God chose. Can I tell you this morning, it is you. Somebody just point at yourself and say, it is me. It is me. Let me move. Let me move. Here we are in the 17th chapter. We're getting ready to look at one of the most iconic battles that ever took place in Israel's history. Here it is. You see that the Philistines are camped on one mountain. And there's a valley in between the mountains. And Israel is camped on the other mountain. And the champion by the name of Goliath, this, this intimidating figure, this 10-foot-tall giant, walks out and says, 
I defy the armies of the living God. And his stature and his voice puts fear in the hearts of the very enemy, the very people of Israel, rather. What happens is Jesse sends his son David, the one that was just anointed, just to bring his older brother some lunch. Y'all know the story. I'm just telling it. Sends him to bring some lunch and to check on their status to see how they're doing. And it was that when David heard the sound of the Philistine, you have to understand the voice of the enemy. Y'all not talking back to me. I said, you have to be able to recognize the voice of the enemy because sometimes what it is is that you will think that you're hearing one thing, but it's really another thing. You have to know when the enemy is speaking to you and telling you what you can't do, what you're not capable of, what you cannot fulfill. You have to be able to discern when it is the enemy is speaking. And so David hears the voice of the enemy and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. I'm going to get to my first point because I really, I just got to get to it. My first point here today is this. David was so much more motivated than those that were older than him. David understood that there was a cause to fight against what seemed like an impossible and insurmountable task. David understood that he wasn't going to let anybody disrespect the God who he knew and who he loved. And so he was ready to stand in the gap as a champion. That's what a champion is, is somebody who stands in the gap. He was ready to go to battle on behalf of Israel. And when he went up to the king, he told the king, he said, uh, Sir, I'll, I'll go. I understand my brothers are there, they're shaking and trembling and they don't, they don't really go, but, but if you send me, I'll, I'll go. I, I, I wish we had a generation that had that willingness, that had that boldness, that understood that there are issues taking place in society, that understood that there are diseases that are going on amongst our brothers and our sisters, those that are fighting depression, those that are fighting suicide, those that are dealing with their own personal and individual giants. I wish I had some people that would get on the battlefield and say, Lord, if you send me, I'll go, I'll go. I'll tell the people that there's a better way. I'll tell them that there is healing. I'll tell them that there is deliverance. I'll tell them that there is safety in the name of the Lord. And so David, with his boldness, says, I'll go. I'm fed up with everything that's going on. I'm fed up with seeing the schools getting shot. I'm fed up with dealing with depressions. I'm fed up of dealing with suicide. I'm fed up of dealing with generational curses. I'm fed up of dealing with everything that the enemy is throwing at me. And so it was that David said, I'm going to go. And all of a sudden, he gets this encouragement from his leader. And the encouragement from his leader sounds a little bit like, you can't do it. <laughs> is you crazy? But you can't do it. You see the size of this giant? You can't do it. Point number one. When you're really anointed, people's opinion won't matter. I, I, I said that when you're really anointed, people's opinion of you won't matter. You have to know that you know that you know that you know that you've been called for such a time as this. I feel like preaching the Bible for am I now trying to persuade men or God? If I try to persuade men, I cannot be called the servant of God. And so I have to be so absolutely convinced regardless of what people say. 
Point number two, the argument as to why David couldn't go up against this Philistine, the argument that Saul gave young David was, he said simply just that, you're too young. You're too young. Point number two, your age doesn't always determine your experience. I know I just messed with some people in the house. I know I, know I said something that maybe you ain't lived long enough. I've been on this earth since 1962, and I know how to go. That don't mean nothing. I know a lot of old folk that ain't never experienced a lot of things. I'm sorry, did I say old folk? Seasoned folk, I'm sorry, let me be, let me be respectful. I'm gonna be a preacher in a second, I promise. I know a lot of seasoned folk that, that haven't experienced a lot of things. King Saul assumed that just because he was young and just because he hasn't served in the same way that his brother served, that he wasn't qualified or equipped to go into this battle. And that's the issue that we have sometimes is that we'll assume somebody isn't capable of something simply because we don't know who they really are. We only know them for what we see of them. You would be surprised who you have sitting on your road this morning, sitting next to you, if you would just bother to turn over and have a conversation with them. You don't even know the capabilities of the very people that you're sitting next to until you open up your mouth and have a conversation with them. You'd be surprised what this generation is capable of. If you just sit with them and listen to them, you'd be surprised how much this generation really knows. We're really being exposed at a, at a younger age and at a quicker pace. Do you see the, the technology that we have now? We have so much more information, more available and readily to us than ever before. I'm closing. I am. I'm closing now. And my argument is that my age doesn't always determine my experience. But exposure determines my experience. Can I prove it to you? It would right here. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, it went right here in verse 34 where David takes out his resume and he slaps it on the desk. Thank you. I knew you were coming. And he says, mm, Mr. King, I know you don't know this, but when you weren't looking, I was in basic training. I went up against a lion, and I went up against a bear, and I smote both of them when they tried to take one of my father's lambs. And I want to give you some news today, Mr. King. Uh, this Philistine, somebody say, this Philistine shall be just like the lion and the bear. I want you to understand God brought me through some things already and I know that you weren't there to see it huh? but God showed me that when things aren't going right he'll always be on my side yeah God showed me when nobody else was looking huh, that there was power invested down inside of me Lord had mercy God proved through many dangers, toils, and snares that he would always be with me. And I'm on today with a testimony. And I'm on today 
with my faith I'm on because I understand God brought me through this and I know that God brought me through that y'all not trying to help me preaching here I'm on because I understand like the seasoned saints would say you don't know like I know what it is the Lord has done for me I would that you would look at your neighbor and say neighbor I'm armed and I'm anointed by God there are situations that I'm facing in my life there's some insurmountable challenges I see mountains sometimes and sometimes I look and I see valleys but if I could just pull back into the inner recesses of my mind and I could remember the things that God did for me if I could just remember how he healed my body that was the lion if I can just remember how he put my family back together that was the bear and so when I look at the next Philistine it's no match for me I've already seen what God was able to do I've already seen that he'll make ways of escape I understand today that I am in the army of God and he won't let me fail look at somebody and say neighbor he won't he won't let me fail know uh, and whom I have believed uh, I put my trust in him uh, I seen him move mountains uh, and I seen him destroy every enemy uh, he's given me power power to tread uh, upon every serpent uh, and upon every scorpion uh, and up over over all the powers of the enemy uh, and I understand that where I'm standing now uh, it's just the same old thing uh, it's just the same old tactics huh? the enemy's getting real tired huh? look at your neighbor and tell them I'm over it I'm over it I'm over it huh? I'm tired of the enemy coming in on my family's life huh? and I'm tired of the enemy ruining my finances huh? I'm tired of the enemy messing with the generation huh? I'm tired of the teen suicides huh? and I'm tired of the school shootings huh? I'm tired of feeling worthless huh? those lies of the enemy can't take me anymore huh? because today huh, somebody say today huh, I'm making up my mind huh, that the enemy wins no more huh, I've got victory huh, look at somebody and say neighbor huh, I've got victory huh, because God huh, is the greatest power huh, we shall never huh, we shall never be defeated huh, I understand huh, that I was given a commandment huh, down there in the book of Ephesians huh, to put on the whole arm of God huh. he told me to put on the breastplate huh, of righteousness huh. he told me to equip myself huh, with the shield of faith huh. he told me to take the sword of the spirit huh. he told me to have my feet shot with the gospel the preparation of peace huh. he told me to have my loins girded about with truth huh. is there anybody in here huh, that decided this morning huh, that you're tired and you're ready to suit up I tell you slept about two people in here and say neighbor I'm suiting up for this I'm tired of walking and trembling I'm tired 
of being in fear. I'm tired of existing in his insecurity. I'm tired of eating anxiety. You're a liar. And I'm looking you bold in the face. And I'm telling you that this is it. This is the last straw. Right now, I'm equipping myself. Can I finish telling the story? David, David said, I'm gonna go. And Saul said, all right, boy. Well, why don't you put on this armor? He gave him a helmet of brass. And they gave him a coat of mail. But the Bible declares that he did not prove it. And I want to tell the generation, you can't use what somebody else is giving you. You got to stand on your own faith. You got to stand on your own experience. You got to stand on your own testimony. You got to triumph for yourself. You got to know that he's good. So when he tried to put on the armor, it was too heavy for him to bear. He said, I got to go back to my basic training. Let me do this like I did the lion and the bear. He went and he grabbed five smooth stones. And I sat there while I'm studying. I said, Lord, why did he grab five? Maybe he thought he was going to miss. Maybe he thought he didn't have what it took. Maybe he wanted to make sure he had extra ammunition. But I had to study a little further. And I discovered that Goliath had a family not talking to me I said Goliath he had a family and David already made up in his mind that not only am I killing Goliath but I'm taking that to weigh me down that comes to make me feel insignificant I'm arming up for battle I don't care about the provocation anymore you can taunt me if you want to but I seen God work you can mimic me if you want to but I seen God work I've proven him is there anybody in here who's proven that God works I dare you give him praise on me I dare you give him praise on me I dare you give him praise on me Dare you give a praise on me? Yes! Yes! I've seen God move. I've seen him move the mountains. I've seen him work in the valleys. Yes, Lord. And so David, he went out there on the battlefield. And the, the, the enemy was confused. He said, uh, am I a dog? You, you, you want to send this little boy for me? You, you, you got, the Bible says that God uses the foolish things. See, 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 we, we, we're, we're looking for people that look like they have credential. We're looking for people that look like, uh, this generation isn't going to look like what you think they are. But they're the called of God. They're the chosen of God. They, they may not dress like we dress. They may not sound the way that we sound, but they got the anointing. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. David walks out on that battlefield and he says, I know this is going down today. My brothers want to stay in the trenches and they want to tremble. That's all right, but no more. I'm, I'm sick of it. God is looking for the generation that says I'm sick of it. God is looking for the generation that says that 
No longer am I gonna see my friends taking their own lives. No longer am I gonna see my friends not operating in their purpose. God is looking for an army of people who will intercede, who will stand in the gap, who will be as a champion just as David. But God is looking for some warriors. David went out on that battlefield and he put a rock in his sling. It looks foolish. It looks impossible. But with God, I, I wish I had a people that were really getting the picture. I'm over time. I'm over time. It looks impossible, but because he understood who was on his side, he knew that there wasn't anything that he could not conquer. He knew that there wasn't anything that he could not overtake. As long as God was walking with him, as long as he was the anointed, the chosen, and I come today to just remind you, you're armed, you're anointed, you're chosen by God specifically for this time. God didn't waste any breath, any energy making who you are. We're dealing with the generation that, 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 is, that is so heavy laden. We're trying to compete to be something that they're not. But God designed you specifically. Every single part of you, every single interest, every single heart that he gave you, every gifting, every talent, for his glory.